NRL teams. The game's best player comes up against the game's best team. Tommy Turbo and the Sea Eagles face up to the Storm Juggernaut in a Saturday night blockbuster. After another loss, the Cavalry returns for the Pampers, but will Nathan Cleary be back to face the Chooks? A couple of other star sevens look set to return. As the Eels attack splutters, Mitch Moses comes back to steer the ship, and the Knights get their general back as their march towards the eight continues. Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. It is lovely to have you with us. I hope you're keeping safe and well wherever you're joining us today. It's also lovely to see these blokes alongside me, former Australian and New South Wales Blues representatives, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah. Hello. Hello again. How are you both doing? Are you doing okay? We're doing okay, yeah. It's nice to have the opportunity to leave the home, you know. Mm. I, I commentate two games of football and I get to come here, so it's like three outings a week, so it's, you know it's pretty what? good. I've noticed over the last couple of months that you were much happier to see the two of us than you You're were previously. Oh, it makes a very nice change. <laughs> and Robbie, you're missing the boys who are up north, but you're doing okay as well? Yeah, doing okay. Obviously it gets a bit bit boring in lockdown. You almost sort of forget what day it is. You wake up and every day seems the same. Your weekends and your weekdays are all intertwined and um, it, does, it does get a bit tiresome. Only so many walks you can go on yeah. every day and definitely a lot of Netflix being watched in my house, household. So Yeah, thank goodness for the footy and the yeah. Olympics. Yes. Oh. And it was a crazy weekend, yeah. wasn't it? Unlike one we have seen even over the last 18 months or so with the snap lockdown in southeast Queensland, meaning games were delayed and discussions now continue over the next 24 hours or so until we have round 21 fixtures fully finalised in terms of those venues. But when you look at the fact that the NRL is hoping to continue to host the remainder of the season out of three stadiums, the Gold Coast, Suncorp Stadium and Sunshine Coast Stadium, what do you think would happen if Suncorp, for example, did have to bear the brunt of the rest of the season? I think the stadium's now in such good condition that they could handle multiple games. It'll be affected, obviously, if there's a heavy downpour or rain somewhere and they've got to play three or four games. You're worried about how the surface would look after that. Um, I was quite amazed that we were able to get the competition going 24 hours after a lockdown to, to Brisbane. He's pretty amazing, Peter Volandis, how he just keeps our game going forward. Um, I, I think the sides that played Monday would have been affected more than the sides played Sunday. It's like they would have done two captain's runs or, yeah. or, or a bit of a weird format. So Monday night footy was back, but um, I, I don't know if the two sides that got flogged enjoyed it. And it means changes heading into round 21 as well in terms of shorter turnarounds for some teams. Do you think if we do see Suncorp Stadium play host for the rest of the season, we could see games a little bit more spaced out and you guys might get to enjoy a bit more Monday night footy? Yeah. I think so. I think it might be a, a, re, a real possibility because, as Noddy said and you mentioned, um, yeah, in terms of the actual field holding up, sometimes playing two or three games there on the, on the one day, you know, it, it's going to cause a lot more havoc to the turf. Um, and, and a lot, you know, a lot more damage moving forward. So to actually spread out the games, you know, it might be. I think we were talking about it earlier about the AFL, where last year they played one game on every single day of the week. So um, I think that'll make it a bit better to, to maintain the actual playing surface. So it could definitely be a possibility. The one thing I found very well, much more interesting now is that as soon as they talk about four-day turnarounds, have to readjust, have to play. The players just get on with it. Yeah. The, 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 their, their acceptance of the fact that the code is still going is so high at the moment. So I think if they had three-day turnarounds, eight-day turnarounds, they got had to say, hey, you know what, we're going to play on a Monday or a Tuesday night just going forward to, to protect the field. I think they'd be happy to do anything they can to keep this competition going. 
2019 coaches may have been like, mate, come on, what are you doing to me? That's right. 2021 yeah. coaches are like, thank God we've got a game. That's right, yeah. And, and you can blame short turnaround and recovery and bits and pieces. No one's flying, no one's travelling. The four days harder, but they're still playing. Have you heard, Robbie, from within the camps, from your mates who are still playing at how bubble life is going for them? Yeah, uh, obviously they said it wasn't too bad uh, the first couple of weeks I were in the hotel. and um, But being able to move around the hotel, I guess, you know, obviously was a massive advantage mm. uh, using the facilities around the hotel. They, they got out of lockdown for, I think, three days before they were back into it. But um, I've heard out of the Tigers camp that Scrabble's... Um, yeah, the big game being played in, in lockdown and surprisingly, Alex Twiles is the Scrabble champion, so <laughs> not, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, Alex Twiles, so I don't know if that says more about him or it says more about <laughs> the other boys um, and, and how bad they are. So, um, yeah, it's good. Look, the, the one thing about lockdown, I guess, uh, the one advantage is it does allow the boys to spend that time together off the field and, and really bond and, um, and gel as a unit. It did a lot for the Warriors last year. I know that last year was the first year of the, the lockdown. Two teams had to relocate, being the Melbourne Storm and the Warriors. Todd Payton, I think, think gave credit to the Warriors' consistency because we were like, oh, boy, they're finally consistent. They've learned how to win. And, and I, you could hear a lot of them saying it's that extra time for preparation, extra time for recovery, just hanging out together a bit more, concentrating on their, on their preparation. So I think it was for them it worked very well for them last year in the bubble got a feeling they could have a few players back this weekend mm. as well and it is four o'clock which means our teams have dropped here on NRL teams let's go to our Thursday night game to begin with the Knights up against the Broncos potentially at Sunshine Coast Stadium we'll have those venues confirmed in the next 24 hours or so let's look at the Knights team first just a four-day turnaround for Newcastle but some good news Mitchell Pearce is back he'll partner Jake Clifford in the halves with Phoenix Crossland dropping to the extended reserves there is a blow for the Knights though hooker Jaden Braley rested, Chris Randall coming in, Caelan Ponga will captain the side for the first time. Connor Watson has been named at lock with Suaso Sue on the bench for now. Looking at Brisbane with Katoni Staggs out for the year, unfortunately Kevin Walters has turned to Jesse Arthurs to come in at centre. Still no room for Xavier Coates who again is left on the extended bench. Jake Turpin is also sidelined with an ankle injury so Danny Levi will start at hooker as long as he overcomes a dangerous contact charge at the judiciary tonight. TC Rabadi comes onto the bench and Anthony Milford is named in Jersey 20 as his time at the Broncos continues to wind down. Looking at the Knights first, gents, I know you mentioned during Origin times that sometimes that shorter turnaround, two days, playing on the Wednesday and then again on the Friday, is best for the body. How do the Knights cope with that four-day turnaround this week? Yeah, again, like Noddy said, I think you just got to be adaptable. Uh, I think that's the one thing that you know, the clubs this year have, have, have learnt to deal with. There's been a lot of changes in terms of travel, uh, games being moved around, um, you know, COVID conditions, restrictions, all those sorts of things. So, and the team that's, that handles that the best moving forward because there's no doubt there's going to be more changes moving forward uh, in the competition in the next couple of months. Um, and the team that handles that the best is going to be the team that does, the, you know, does so well in this competition. So as a coach, you've got to tell your players, the only things we can control are obviously the controllables and we can't worry about the things that we can't control. And the four-day turnaround, you've just got to learn to deal with it and get on with the job. Two weeks ago, we heard the coach making excuses for preparation when mm. they relocated the Queens. That's, that's got to be gone yeah. now. They're, they're currently sitting seventh on the ladder. They've got a great opportunity to finish top eight. They get Mitchell Pearce back. There is no excuses they should come up with for a bad performance. And to be fair, Adam O'Brien said that immediately after the last game. He, he said, four-day turnaround, fine. We will cope with whatever is thrown the, at us. The Knights play the Broncos twice in the run home. Yeah. And if they want to make the top eight, yeah. they've got to win both those games. Realistically, they've got to beat the Broncos twice. Yeah. 
Um, so whether it's a four-day turnaround, whether they play tomorrow, <laughs> you go out there and you beat the Broncos. They don't meet a top six team in the yeah. run home, the Newcastle Knights, so their fate very much in their own hands. Happy to have Mitchell Pearce back on the park. Xavier Coates not back on the park for Brisbane. And we have heard from Kevy Walters ad nauseum that he is not going to refuse to pick Xavier Coates just because he signed elsewhere next season. But the evidence is is contradicting him, isn't it? The evidence is pretty clear. I think Kevy's nose is growing every time. <laughs> Pinocchio. Every time he says that. So, uh, uh. Look, if, yeah, I, I think... I think his days are numbered there. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're done and dusted. If he was going to get picked, he would have been picked by now. Obviously, they had a win on the weekend, but you lose Tony Staggs. I think you've got to make room for Xavier Coates somewhere in your 17, but he's missed out again. Let's head to Friday night footy now and our 6pm kickoff to begin with. The Raiders up against the Dragons, potentially at Seabus Super Stadium. Important game for two teams who both want to play finals footy and are on equal points and equal differential going into this one. Canberra first, Semi Valeme and Harley Smith-Shields have swapped wings. Matt Tomoko is in the centres with a five-day turnaround doing Sebastian Chris no favours after a failed HIE. HIA. Josh Papali'i will start in the front row alongside Joe Tarpane. Hudson Young moves into the second row with Ryan Sutton coming in at lock. Corey Hadawida-Nida moves to the bench with Emre Gula and Elijah Anderson. For St George Illawarra, Jack Bird, Jack DeBellin, Blake Laurie, Zach Lomax and Josh Maguire all return from COVID suspensions and a huge boost for the Red V. Dan Alvaro is also available. He's in jersey 21. Cody Ramsey returns from a wrist injury and Corey Norman moves into the halves alongside Side Adam Clune. Ben Hunt is out, of course, with a broken arm. Doesn't need surgery, thankfully, but he's out for four to six weeks. Josh Kerr and Jared Beale missed this weekend's match. The final Dragons players sitting out their COVID bans. Canberra, to begin with, Jack Whiten struggled again last weekend. Dally M winner, Origin representative, but it has been a tough 2021 for him. How do they get him firing again, Noddy? Yeah, that's right. He's certainly been out of form. And his greatest strength is his running game. Uh, he's obviously a left foot kicker, so he likes sitting in the left. As you can see there, the numbers have reduced significantly from 2020 to 2021. Um, and, and if any player you think the, the rule changes and the six to go is going to benefit, you think it's going to be Jack Whiten because he's a great runner of the ball. There's more fatigue to the defence. He gets to play at that left edge. So it's pretty strange how he's, as you said, his form has certainly uh, gone backwards quite a fair way. Um, if they can find that form, they make the semi-finals. He's so important for him. You know, he, the Clive Churchill medalist, um, Daly M winner, all those things have been in favour of Jack White. But it's bizarre how quickly his form has just deteriorated. Where the Canberra Raiders went through a lull, but they've all come back up. But Jack White sort of hasn't been able to, hasn't been able to pick himself back up yet. So it's a big clash this one for him to do it. it, it there's multiple games to go. And again, I, I don't know whether the, the, the George Williams departure hurt him a lot. Because George Williams, just a great part ball player and, and got so much width for him. So he created opportunities. So I, I don't know what's changed too much in a way, but there's something missing for him. Ben Hunt, on the other hand, for the Dragons, has been one of their best performers this season. Played for 20 minutes with a broken arm, with a fractured arm last weekend. It's remarkable. He's missing this week. Corey Norman moves to the halves. Is this an opportunity for Corey Norman to show what he can do to both Dragons fans but also potential other clubs for next yeah, season? Yeah, I think, I think so. He's obviously in the, in the shop window at the moment and um, you know, he's got an inexperienced halfback inside him. So you'd expect Corey Norman to step up this week and and take control of the side and really lead them around the park. Uh, he's going to have a, a tough job because, as I said, it's, a, it's another different combination they've got in the spine this week. Adam Clune, Jack Bird at one, I think is quite interesting. I remember 
was it last year, I think, in the preseason at the Broncos, they said he was killing it at number one. He was training there before he'd done his ACL. Um, so I, I really think he can make a, a good fist of, of the fullback position, Jack Bird. So I'll be quite interested to see how, how he goes there on the weekend. But yeah, you're right. Corey Norman, if there's any, any week for him to stand up and take control of this side and show that you know, he can lead his team to a victory, it's this week. That's a really big game for both clubs. The next one is to our second Friday night footy game. Sees the Eels take on the Rabbitohs. This one is an 8.05pm kickoff for Parramatta. One very big in. Playmaker Mitch Moses returns to the side after fracturing a bone in his back in Origin 3. Regan Campbell-Gillard is a big blow though. He's out with a groin complaint so Oregon Kafusi starts at prop. Wonga Blake will need to pass concussion protocols this week. Blake, Bryce Cartwright and Murata Niakore come onto the bench while Ray Stone makes way. For South Sydney, an unchanged backline for the Rabbitohs. Campbell Graham out of the 21 altogether. He'll miss a third game after suffering a head knock against the Dogs. Tane Milne stays at centre. Cameron Murray is back from suspension. Jai Arrow moves to the second row and Jaden Sewer to the bench. Benji Marshall is back after getting out of quarantine. The veteran replacing Blake Taff in Jersey 14. And there's another welcome return. Tavita Totola will return from an MCL injury coming off the bench. The Eels have struggled without Mitchell Moses. I think that is very much mm. fair to say. Is it an instant fix with him returning to the seven jersey? No. No, I think they're horribly on the slide. I, I think the, up, the couple of t- sides of uh, won the physical battle in the forwards. They've outmuscled them. They, w- they haven't let Parramatta be the bullies. Um, and it wouldn't have mattered whether Mitchell Moses probably mm. I think, played the last few weeks. I think they still lose both those games or, or a number of those games. He fixes tackle five, finishes up. Um, he's a great run of the ball. Um, it's all about who wins the forward battle. I, I think they've certainly fallen off the radar, the forwards for Parramatta. They, they try hard. They come off the back fence, mm. but they're losing that physical battle. And no Campbell-Gillard now. We're not sure how long he's going to be out for, so that's a, a big loss for them because he's been quite dominant, quite aggressive in the front row there. So, um, yeah, Noddy's right. If, if they're not laying that platform up the middle, it's definitely not going to help Parramatta. No, I don't think it's a quick fix. I, I think, like Noddy, I think you know, their, their problems are deeper than just Mitch Moses. The, the draw gets so much harder as well. Like they've got the hardest run in, and you know, they're probably going to finish still. Four. Well, we spoke about it last week four. too. Yeah, fourth maybe. Well, I think they'll drop out of the, the top, top four. four. They're in danger of missing the top four. And and the only th- the other thing about last week's performance is mentally, you know, what that would yeah. have done to them because, you know, they were outplayed. They didn't, obviously didn't score a point. Uh, they never looked like they were in the game against a rooster side that's under under man. Yeah, that's right. And now they're coming up against in the next month. They've got I think Melbourne. They've got the Panthers. They've yeah. got the Rabbitohs. So. Yeah, mentally, how do they bounce back from that performance on the weekend? You could make a case, I reckon, for the Eels that finishing fifth isn't the worst thing in the world. Hopefully getting a win in the first week of the finals and taking a bit of momentum. But it doesn't get any easier, as you say, this weekend. Up against the Rabbitohs, who have won eight in a row and just feel like they're quietly going about their business at the moment. Have we perhaps not given them the credit they deserve this season? Is this a good game to demonstrate where they're at? Well, I think it'll be a great scout for them to get. I think it'll... most people think South Sydney are one of the teams to win the competition. Outside of Melbourne and Penrith, I think South and Manly are probably the only other two sides that can win the competition. So I think I think people think they're a good enough side. I think everyone knows Adam Reynolds' departure is going to motivate them. Wayne Bennett's departure is going to be pretty special when the semi-finals come around about how he handles that. They've got key players in key positions. You know, the Troy Mitchell, when he, he's like a Tom Dravojevic mm. or James Tedesco. They've got individual players that just flick that go button and you can't stop them. So I don't think people underestimate them, but I think a big performance this weekend 
will highlight how how close they are to Melbourne and Penrith. Yeah, with the ball, they're, they're so good to watch. Cody Walker, for me, is just the most skillful player in the game at the moment. Uh, yeah, he's got the ball on the string, a string at times. And for me, the question marks about South Sydney games is defensively, mm. you know, how they're going to hold up against a good side. So for, for me this week, everyone knows the Rabbitohs have points in them. I want to see them go out this week and, and hold Parramatta to, you know, zero points yeah. or six points and, and really have a strong 80 minutes in defence. I think that's when people start to stand up and take notice of them because at the moment, everyone knows they've got the, the points in them, but you know, can they defence against defend against the top sides in the comp? Massive game of Friday night footy. Let's head to Saturday afternoon footy now. The 3pm kickoff. The Warriors up against the Sharks at Suncorp Stadium. The Warriors snap their seven-game losing streak on the weekend. And more good news for Nathan Brown with some troops returning. Peter Hiku moves into the centres with Adam Pompey dropping to the extended bench. Chanel Harris-Tavita returns from a pec injury, joining Sean O'Sullivan in the halves. Adam Fanua blake is back in the front row with Matt Lodge also returning. Jermaine Tonoa-Brown is in jersey 18. Jazz Tavang is at hooker. Josh Curran comes into the second row with Eli Katoa moving to the bench. For Cronulla, Monday night footy, a loss to the Sea Eagles for the Sharkies. Jesse Ramian returns to the centres after he was a late scratching in that loss due to an ear infection. Connor Tracy and Braden Trindle remain in the halves. Matt Moylan once again named on an extended bench. He'll need to pass a fitness test if he's to return. And a few changes in the forward pack. Makeshift centre Sifar Talakai is back in the second row. So Jack Williams goes to lock. Toby Rudolph shifts to prop with Aidan Tolman moving to the bench. Warriors first, an injection of players for the Warriors after a tough run of injuries for the side. Looking at this backline reshuffle, is this a real chance for Nathan Brown's side, who have had a tough two years, yep. two seasons, is it a chance for them to finish 2021 on a really positive note? Yeah, it certainly is. And I think that's what the new coach will be hopeful for, some positives to take out of the year. It's been a tough year from the last, or been a tough two years, as you said, living out of home, relocating. They're probably they're the club that sacrificed the most in the competition to keep it going. Um, just, it'd be really hard for the Warriors. You talk about the backs in some regards. Combinations, there's a new halfback pairing, there's new centres, there's new fullback, there's new wingers, there's people in, there's people out. Over time, the, the, the good defensive units or the good teams that are in sync with each other in attack and defence have got combinations because they've played together for a few weeks. So another change, he, just, he keeps throwing the cards to them and saying, show me something, tell you who wants to be here next year. Well, speaking of showing something, what about Braden Trindle for the Shark? He's 22 years old, still very oh. early in his career. But is this an opportunity for him to really stake his claims? Yeah, definitely. Well, there's no Sean Johnson there next year. He's going back to the Warriors. They've bought Nico Hines, and Nico Hines is going to play 5'8". So they're looking for who's going to play halfback. There was thoughts it could be Moylan, but at the moment, Matt can't get on the on the park. Yeah. He has signed for a one-year deal. Braden's playing really tough. Um, good game manager. Um, you know, he, he come through... Playing in all the rep sides as a young kid was, I think, he, I think he was a Queensland representative, a, a residence player. So he's done a, an apprenticeship with the Sharks for a number of years. Uh, he will be the good part about if he gets the halfback nod next year. You've got Craig Fitzgibbon, that's a, yeah. a, a successful coach, and obviously then gets a better roster to be in and around him as well. I, you know, and good goal kicker too. His yeah. goal kicking has been outstanding since he's coming to the side. So um, yeah, I think he's really put his hand up. Uh, Connor Tracy's there as well next year. Um, so, look, they'll have a bit of depth in the halves next year when you throw in Nico Hines as well. So, You know what? If, the only thing I will say that if if you're going to be very verbal lippy-wise, you make sure you win the game. <laughs> I can't imagine who you're referring to. Oh, no, no. But no. I'll, that's, you, 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 can, you can literally only do that when you're winning. 
I think the coach said something similar <laughs> after that one. Let's have a look at a big, very big Saturday afternoon game. 5.30 kickoff. The Roosters up against the Panthers. Sydney Roosters coming off a win over Para where they kept the Eels scoreless. And while the tricolours are banged up, Trent Robinson has actually named a fairly settled side. Unfortunately, though, Josh Morris is not a part of it. He's hoping to overcome a hamstring injury in time for finals. Joey Manu is back in the centres after being named on the wing last week. Dale Copley rushed straight into the side after signing with the club yesterday for the remainder of 2021. And Jared Waria Hargreaves will need to beat a dangerous contact charge at the judiciary tonight in order to play. For Penrith, Nathan Cleary is nearing a return from his shoulder injury. He's back into serious training this week. He's been named in Jersey 21. He is getting closer, Panthers fans. Stephen Crichton has put in an early guilty plea to his Grade 1 contrary conduct charge and he'll miss one match regardless due to carryover points. Paul Momorowski comes into the centres alongside Kurt Capewell with Brent Naden pushing to the wing. Appy Corisau returns from his suspension for a COVID bubble breach with Mitch Kenny on the bench. Scott Sorensen moves into the second row with skipper Isaiah Yo making his return from concussion. And Tavita Pangai Jr. is on the bench for his first game in Panthers colours after joining the Panthers for the rest of the season. The Roosters, who must be just about running out of outside backs to begin with. Dale Copley signed yesterday, comes straight into the side. Yeah, that's right. Well, Trenton Robinson would have a relationship with him from his previous experience at the Roosters. Um, quality player. He's been around the NRL for a long, long time. Um, comes into a great defensive system. Comes into a side that's winning. Comes into a side that's full of talent. So it's, it's a pretty good ask, isn't it? I think Dale Copley would be like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I think they've done an outstanding job, the Roosters. I'll be honest, I've, yeah. I expected them to fall over a lot earlier in the season than, and, and to, for them to find themselves still challenging for a top four spot with the squad they've, they're putting out uh, on every week on the field at the moment. Considering the guys that are missing, yeah. uh, when you talk about you know, the retirements they've had, the season-ending injuries, it's, it's actually incredible. It's incredible that, uh, how well they're playing. Um, chopping and changing their, their team every week, but they keep getting the, the job done. And credit to the club and, and to Trent Robinson that they, they're you know, being able to do that. Well, their opposition this week in the Panthers have had a few injury concerns yeah. of their own. Can Ivan Cleary and the Panthers side learn something from the way the Roosters have gone about this season? Yeah, definitely. And again, it's the good sides or the, the good clubs lose players, new players come in, they've showed great character. They don't just fall off the radar. Um, that's something I think Trent Robinson will be very, very proud about. So a disappointing loss for, for the Penrith side last week. Uh, it's new to them. They, they didn't have any injuries last year, so they didn't mm. have to go through any adversity apart from the grand final loss. But then everyone goes off on holidays. So they started this year in, in a great manner, and now they're starting to get some injuries. So it's, the, it's judging character and seeing how you handle that and, and holding a high standard. Um, I think the Roosters, I think actually they'll win the comp next year. I know it's going off the track a bit at the moment because they get those players back. Kiri comes back. They've got, you know, Sam Walker's a year older. They've I just think their year is next year from what they're showing this year. But Mate, you can't get a prediction right week to week, so you won't mm. mind if I don't lock that one in. That, Are we going to go over our prediction? <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, Are yeah, we, we, we going to go Robbie must have got his right. Yeah. But I, I think a huge signing for, for Penrith is Davida Pangai Jr. I, I think he can be, yeah. in a good club, in a good culture, he could be that player, because he can do things that not yeah. many forwards can do. And if you talk about, you know, who's going to beat Melbourne, well... Maybe they needed to beat a Pangai into the side coming off the bench when the game's on the line and just say, mate, just go and you know, run havoc. Because when they played, when he played Kikau the other week or the other year, he destroyed Kikau. So that's what he can do on his own. So yeah. I think that's a really special signing for when, they, when the really big games come around, they get Fisher-Harris back, they have to beat a Pangai on the bench, he gets in a good culture, he knows what it's all about. 
He knows he's going to, to, to the dogs next year, so that premiership window is not going to happen for a while. This is a massive opportunity for him to win a comp in a good club. Huge inclusion for the Panthers. And mm. they've now got Nathan Cleary hovering there hovering, in yeah, Jersey yeah. 21. Does he yep. play? I wouldn't risk him if he's not fit. Uh, but, yeah, if he's ready to go. Look, I think the, the fact Coruscant's back and Isaiah Yeo, I think they're two massive boosts yeah, for the Panthers in the middle of the park. Isaiah Yeo's their link um, as a ball-playing forward. To, and he's definitely going to help Burden and Luai in the halves there, having him back. And, and obviously Coruscant can just control the game you know, from the ruck and allow the halves just to worry about their job. It always helps when you've got a nine that can can do that, you know, mm. do, do his work out of nine and allow the halves just to concentrate on what they need to do. And Coruscant does that, gives them another point of attack. Like Noddy said, Pengai Jr. off the bench, I think mm. it's going to be a great addition for them moving forward. Um, and then Cleary possibly back in the side as well. So, um, you know, whilst last week was such a disappointing loss for them um, against... Um, yeah, obviously the, yeah. the title contenders. Um, I think they'll know that they were, they were under strength and they'll start to get their troops back and they'll be a different side when they're at full strength. Round 21 is throwing up some yeah. awesome matchups, I've got to say. And the 7.35pm kickoff Saturday night is yet another one. The Sea Eagles up against the Storm at Suncorp Stadium. Game of the round, arguably. Manly, 12 wins in their last 15 games. Toff Sipley came into the starting side late on Monday night with Taniello Paseca reverting to the bench. They've switched back for Saturday night. Josh Aloyer playing his 100th game and he returns via the bench with Curtis Sirinan making way. Melbourne have won their last three straight against Manly. Jerome Hughes was in some doubt, but he's been named to play. Chris Lewis comes into the starting side with Felice Kafusi suspended. Kenny Bromwich failed an HIA in the win over Penn so he'll need to pass concussion protocols this week. Tom Eisenhuth comes onto the bench looking for his first minutes since round 15. Two teams that love to hate each other during that 80 minutes that they're out on the park anyway. Tommy Turbo with a treble for the Sea Eagles on the weekend. Three tries in 11 minutes that just blew the opposition out of the water. How highly do you rate the attacking footy that this team's playing at the moment? That the team's playing or the team's <laughs> playing because he's just, he is a part of everything they're doing. You look at his stats there, three tries, three tries, six, three line breaks, four line breaks, six, four offloads. He is just superhuman at the moment. He is, um, if, if he's playing and in the form he's playing in, Manly can win the comp. Yep. He, he's, he's on a run, the Jared Hayne run of 09. Yep. Uh, you, you, know, you look back at you know, some individual players at their best that have just carried the teams on their back and said, hey, Get on the back of me. Let's go. Let's go do this. And what he's producing, the confidence he gives to the players around him, they were diabolical in the first month of the yeah. season. We were talking about how bad they were. Desi was under you know, pressure. Under pressure. <laughs> uh, they were losing. They were conceding over 30 points a game. They can win the comp. And this this week is a massive test for them. They're coming up against a storm side. I think it's won 16 in a row. Um, if they can stand up in this game, I think it's going to put the whole competition on notice. And we know how well organised Craig Bellamy's storm side is, so how do they yeah. stop Tommy Turbo? Well, it'd be interesting. I don't think they fully stop him because I think Tom still comes up with some special plays. They'll try and nullify him as they, if they can. They'll have their systems in place. Um, he carries the ball 25 to 30 times, though, Tommy. So sometimes he pops up as the fullback. His football awareness is unbelievable. He sometimes plays yeah. first pivot, then all of a sudden he, he played the ball the other day near the goalpost as the first pivot, and two tackles later he does the last pass to score the try to try assist in the corner. So um, we've seen, he's, as you said, he's probably the most influential player in the game at the moment because he can win a game on his own. This is a great test. One for Manly to get confidence that they can win the comp because they don't have to beat Melbourne, but they have to be very close to beating mm. Melbourne. 
And it'll be interesting to see what Craig Bellamy comes up with with a game plan or a defensive plan to, t- to stop mm. Tom. Because other sides will copy it. Yeah, big time. If Bellamy's able to do it, then other sides will copy whatever they do to Tom. Whether they can execute it or not is another oh, question. Yeah. It'll be such yeah. a great matchup. Jerome Hughes has been named at halfback yeah. for the Storm. When you look at these players in this Storm side, Nico Hines is still there at fullback. Ultimately, they've got Ryan Pappenhausen on the bench. When they're all fit, how do they all fit? Yeah, that's right. It's a great problem, isn't it? It's They've got such a good roster. I think if that's a bit what the Roosters were building. You talk about how many great players they've got out. That shows you how great their roster was. Penrith go through that at the moment. So the good sides have got great rosters with enormous depth. Um, well, they lose a few of them next year. That's how they sort of fit them in, I suppose. They, they keep who they want. But if they get to the grand final, again, going back to the two sides that play in the grand final are going to be the, the healthiest rosters. The healthiest two rosters will make the grand final because there's so much talent still in the competition, you've got to be healthy at that time of year. Who wins this game? Ask me my prediction at the end of this. Hey, oh. save I it up. I'm going early. I think, I think Manly can cause an upset. You're backing him, Noddy? Well, I can't, you don't I can't back what my prediction is. I could not back against the team with Tommy Tolbert. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like to hear what your no, prediction is no, so no, that I can tip no. the opposite in my tipping this week. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Draw. Oh, look out, look out. Let's go to Sunday afternoon at footy now in the 2pm kickoff. The Bulldogs up against the Wests Tigers. The Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs first. Nick Meany moves into fullback with Corey Allen switching to the wing. Manu is on the wing with Jaden Ockenbaugh dropping out. Jake Avarillo moves to halfback. And Bailey Biondi Odo is at 5'8 with Kyle Flanagan once again dropped to the extended reserves. Ava Siamatafanai comes into the front row with Dylan Napa dropping to the bench. And Sione Katoa is in jersey 14. For Wests, Dane Laurie out for the season with a fractured leg. Moses Embai fills in at fullback and Michael Cheekham comes into the centres. James Tamo is back on deck after that minor foot injury kept him out against the Warriors. Alex Twal moves to the bench. Thomas Michele is at lock with Joe Offahangawi moving to the interchange alongside Zach Sini who comes onto the bench for his third NRL match. For the Doggies, who have conceded 30 or more points three weeks in a row. Noddy, the coach said after this one that they need to have a good hard look at themselves. How do they lift? How do they stop leaking points when ultimately the wooden spoon is looking locked? They look battered, don't they? They look like it's certainly broken them. They've played tough football for a number of years, but they just can't score points. They average, I think, 12 points for, and as you said, they average 30 points against every week. So it's always a battle physically. Um, it's got to be draining. They do get a better roster coming next year. Um, I'm, I'm very curious. Like Corey Allen played fullback and, and, and Nick Meany played on the wing last week. What was that change all about if you're just going to switch it back? Um, so that's something that the coaching staff probably got to put their hands up a little bit. I thought Corey Allen was a bit poor and Kyle Flanagan comes back in and they don't score any points and then Kyle Flanagan goes out. So uh, it's easy for them to say, oh, you guys are defending poor, improve it. I, I think they've made some choices that haven't helped the football side. It's hard to build confidence in a week as well, isn't it? It is. Um, when you say, you know, how are they going to turn around, I think, you know, obviously Phil Gould's kind of come to the club and he, and he came and he said, I'm going to start with a clean slate and everyone's got the opportunity in the last, you know, two months of the season to, to prove themselves. And a lot of these guys are off contract next year. So when you're playing for a contract and you're playing for pride, you know, whilst, yeah, they're not going to be the most well-oiled machine with the, the squad they've got and the changes they're making week to week, it's personal pride. You go out there to play your best game of football you know, every week and, and showcase what you can do and why you deserve to be at the club the next year. And 
that's what these dogs players have to go out there and do this week. Hopefully not to. That's not the not too well. <laughs> give them a motivating but, speech. No, but, that, no, no, but that's what they got to do. Like that, yeah. that's what they're playing yeah. for at the end of the day. And are they going to avoid the wooden spoon? Probably not. I think that's a, probably a bridge too far at the moment. But you know, they're playing for a contract. They're playing for pride. You know, Phil Gould's come in. They got to impress him. What about Moses Embai then? Dane Laurie is a big loss for the West Tigers. He's been a real highlight this year. Is this a chance for Moses Embai to show what he can do? Yeah, well, Moses has been moved around from 5'8 to, you know, he's played yeah, a bit of correct. hooker and a bit of, you know, lock forward off the bench and, and centre. And he's, he's sort of you know, been that Swiss Army knife for the, for the Tigers this year. Um, I actually, I don't have inside knowledge about what's going on this week, believe it or not, but... If I was a betting man, I, I, I think Zaccini might be a chance of starting at fullback. Um, yeah, he is a fullback. He was lighting up the New South Wales Cup earlier in the year, playing in the number one jersey. Um, yeah, maybe Madge is trying to protect him by not naming him at, uh, you know, naming naming him at one to start the game. Um, and I think Moses really adds to the side when he's been playing that roving thirteen role and a link to the halves. So um, whether or not that's going to happen, I'm not too sure. But you know. Moses has been doing a job you know, in any position that you know, he's been put in this year. Let's move to our final game of round 21 now. The 4.05pm kickoff, the Gold Coast Titans up against the North Queensland Cowboys. Titans are in the eight after really enjoying their dose of Monday night footy. Patrick Herbert is back from suspension with Esan Masters, dropping back to 18th man. Jamal Fogarty is in jersey 21, but Ash Taylor and Toby Sexton remain in the halves. David Fafita is in the starting side with Bo Firma dropping to the bench. There's no Tyrone Peachy. He's taken an early guilty plea on a dangerous contact charge. He'll miss a week. Aaron Clark will make his return via the bench. North Queensland who have lost seven on the trot. There is a big in for the Cowboys with Valentine Holmes back from a shoulder injury suffered in State of Origin. 21-year-old Kane Bradley is out with a fractured hand, so Murray Taolungi moves to the wing and Ben Hampton comes into the centres. Todd Payton's made a really interesting move. Jason Talmalolo named to play on the edge. He last started there in 2014. Helam Lukey starts on the other edge with Cohen Hess at lock in a new look back row. Tom Gilbert starts at prop in place of Francis Molo. For the Titans first, Ash Taylor looked on song. AJ Brimson looked dangerous again. That was a really important two points from them. There were still errors, Noddy, but does this give them confidence? Yeah, it definitely gives them confidence. As you said, that you know, the first 15 minutes of both halves were a little bit poor. Probably lucky they were playing the dogs and weren't challenged or blown away. Um, Toby Sexton's been actually a really good find as well. So I think you talk about Ash Taylor. Like, why is Ash Taylor just suddenly starting to show his good form? Because he could potentially have a number seven inside him. It's a good game manager, nice and comfortable, uh, makes him feel good. Ash Taylor showing great signs. Brimson, every time that there was a quick play the ball or a line break, he just wanted to push through the middle. So he was very busy. Um, I, I think they, again, there's a, another side that's competing for the eight. They're in the eight. They're, they've got a re- reasonably good draw. They've got two hard games, I think, and three reasonably winnable games. So, again, the control is up to themselves. Um, but I, I like what Taylor and Sexton and, and, and Brimson are doing together as the 1, 6 and 7. Well, again, I think you know, their game is a beneficiary of, of their, their forward pack. And I really like what their forward pack's doing at the moment. When you look at their pack, Jared Wallace, you know, former New, uh, Queensland uh, origin player, uh, Foda Waker, origin player, Proctor, international, Fafita, uh, um, Tino, both both origin yeah. players. So they've got a representative pack. Um, you know, Mitch Rain is an experienced dummy half, been in the game for a long time. So if their pack can go forward and lay that platform for their halves for Brimson, yeah. they're, they're going to look good. 
On the other side of the coin, Tal Malolo moving to the edge. What's Todd Payton hoping to get out of him in that new position? 80 minutes of football. Yeah, is it a minute? There's been, there's been the minutes. biggest challenge has been more minutes. Like, I don't... I don't know why. Jared Hargreaves can play 80 minutes most weeks yeah. as a front rower, and yet, you know, at a lock. And again, hard work. Um, I, I think you just want to put him on the edge um, for, to hopefully allow him to be on the field for the full 80 minutes. Every time he goes off, the whole team just drops their head, lacks confidence, and then he comes back on and does some good things again, and there's a bit of a boost. So I think the fact is he'll play 80 minutes playing on the edge. He could potentially play in the middle to finish the game, maybe in the last 15 minutes if the game is still on the line. Um, but I, I think it's a good move. Queensland Derby, two weeks in a row for the Cowboys and the footy is back. Round 21 kicks off on Thursday night with the Knights up against the Broncos. You can, of course, see all of the action on Fox Sports, on KO, on Channel 9, on Sky Sports New Zealand and watch NRL for our international viewers. I've got a feeling we might have had a correct prediction in round 20. So before we move on, let's have a look back and see what the boys predicted coming out of round 20. (laughs) So the South's first dragon match, I think it'll be a massive scoreline again in favour of... Rabbitohs 50 over the Dragons 14. I can't see Penrith um, yeah, with the, the decim- the, how decimated they are with injuries as well. I can't see them getting close to Melbourne. So I'm going to go Melbourne by 20 points. Melbourne have done it nicely against an understreet Panthers. 37-10 in Sunday morning. That's right. I meant by at least 20. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very harsh. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, very, I, very I think hard. it's a dominant victory from the Melbourne Storm over Penrith, who are out of troops, like Robbie said. Very hard. We're peaking at the semi-final time of year. I'm well, not, actually, I'm not happy about that. You could, you could both only go one way. Things are improving. Things no. are definitely improving. No, I'm going on strike. Yeah. What I'm are we talking about, about coming out of round 21? What, look, we're, we're done. I'm done. You're out. You gave me a cross for that. Yeah. I'm done. Okay, well, in that case... Protest. That's, like a, pro- that's, a, pro- that's a protest. <laughs> I, do you know what? I predict out of that protest, you're not going to be wrong oh. for one of the first times this oh. season. Well done, gentlemen. I predict I'll never try and pronounce it. Tino? <laughs> Tino Fa'asua Ma'alawi ever again. There you go. That was better. Yeah, that, that was, was better. better. I'll throw a big... I'm just going to call him Big Tino. Big Tino. Um, well, you're going to throw me a bone here, are you? Yeah. Yeah, good. I, I think that they'll be out of the... I know there's 16 fullbacks playing. They'll score 16 tries this weekend. Every fullback will get on the and No, not every fullback will get a try, but I think between the fullbacks, there'll be 16 tries scored out of the 16 fullbacks playing this weekend. Are you just backing Tommy Turbo for a real... I'm, I'm ba- if you look at the games, <laughs> I think there's, there's a chance that Turbo could score a couple, uh, Tedesco could score a couple. The, the fullback matchups, there's mm. a chance. It I like a it. Chance. It's a chance. Yeah, Robbie's just going to back that one. <laughs> and we're going to tell you... I already you... made mine. Manly, manly to upset yeah. the Storm. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. I'm so glad we got there. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. You get a laugh Well done, <laughs> I want to tell you before we go about NRL Pick'em as well. Round 20 was a big week with late tries to the Sharks, meaning three players walked away with an equal share of $100,000. Another 100 grand is up for grabs this week. To enter, head to nrl.com forward slash pick'em and select the winning margin for Eels Rabbitohs, Sea Eagles Storm, West Tigers Bulldogs and Titans Cowboys and you could walk away with the cash. Can we get the four games for next week when we come on before the show and we'll do our prediction for that? Hmm. I love, I love that you think there is even a <laughs> tiny chance that you would get that right. 
right. just give us a chance. You're out. Let's, Come wrap, on, coach. let's wrap this show up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Gents, it is lovely to see you. <laughs> it's nice to actually get a chance to talk to other right. humans. Thank you so much for Should your... Should have stayed home. I don't get abused. <laughs> <laughs> and on that very happy note, it is lovely to see you as well. Stay safe and well wherever you're tuning in. Enjoy the footy this weekend. There are some massive games coming up in round 21. We will see you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>